Turn on the microphone. Graham, here we are. It's late night on the East Coast. It's even late out there. But we are uh, previewing the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, also known as the Georgia-Florida game. Um, you know, it's 364 and a half days of trash talk that's going to get settled on the field on Saturday. I'm going to be there. I'm pretty excited about it. And Graham, I know you've got just uh, couldn't make it, but I know you'll be there in spirit. I know you're going to be live tweeting it like a madman. <laughs> yeah, man, I'll I'll be uh, posted up on the couch, but I'll I'll have all the angles covered that I can from from out here in Colorado. I don't want to. I don't want to give it away, but we're going to try to do something on Saturday morning too. Uh, maybe just a, you know, some get get out there and put you in our tailgate virtually, and then uh, we'll share it with the guys. So, hey, uh, all right, looks like we got audio levels. Uh, everything's working. So let's get into this. Uh, <laughs> right on. Before we before we jinx it here, uh, yeah. So the UJ um, this year's Florida team's a little different, but they're still putting up seven yards per play overall. And uh, but they're doing it. They've kind of flipped the script on uh, what they did last year, where they were like seventy percent run to thirty percent pass, seventy percent pass to thirty percent run. This year they're uh, actually running the ball close to sixty percent to forty uh, pass. But um, success rate is forty nine point two and an EPA of point three oh two, which is a little down last year. But for a team that that runs the ball as much as uh, Florida is running it, and uh, their their EPA and explosiveness is down a little bit, but they are uh, pretty efficient on offense. Um, and, of course, you're looking at the the Georgia r- ridiculous best-in-nation uh, yards per play allowed and success rate allowed, a negative EPA, and uh, a very, very low explosiveness rating. Um, uh, you know, Florida is like, one of the top leaders in yards per play on offense. I think they're only behind just uh, Ohio State, maybe Baylor. Um, right. And and with those running, we're going to get into those plays. But let's, Graham, before we jump into the the rushing offense versus the rush defense, is there anything you want to add overall to the offense? I mean, I think you know one thing that's worth remembering with this Florida offense um, is just sort of where where some of these teams rank on total defense that they were able to put some of these yards up on. Um, you know, Florida Atlantic, who they opened with. 70th in total defense uh south florida you know they had a ton of explosive run plays against them and you know probably i think one of their better passing days of the season but they're 118th in total defense um alabama's at 19th but you know we just watched alabama you know give up some big plays to tennessee and let let them you know let texas a&m put 41 up on them so it's like you know, it's just, it's tough. Tennessee's 92nd in total defense. Uh, you know, they, they put up 38 on the Vols when they had them there in the swamp. Uh, Kentucky, 18th in total defense. That game, they only score 17. You know, it's they're a little bit enigmatic. They're hard to to kind of pin down of, is, is a lot of this yardage for yardage sake, or are they really good? Obviously, Vanderbilt, horrible, 119th in total D. Uh, and then that LSU team, that they they did put 42 up on, but also had you know I think four turnovers against. Um, they're 108th in total defense, so it's you know it, it feels like they're performing really well against some of these bad off uh, bad defenses where they have a clear talent advantage. And then uh, there's other games like that Kentucky game where they move the ball up and down the field. I think they had 370 something yards, but just never could really convert in the red zone and make things work in the scoring territory. So 
it, it's hard because, you know, looking at them from uh, just kind of a yards per play standpoint and some of these metrics, they, they're scary looking, you know, and then you, you turn on the tape and you see certain things and it's not quite uh, congruent to, you know, how, what their statistical profile is, I guess. Well, you know, one of the things that's eaten into, into their yardage is uh, they've had a lot of offensive penalties um, and uh, they've had like a 177 yards and, and that'll, you know, you're looking at the yards per play. That's, that's not factored in there. That's not deducted on a yards per play basis, at least in, in the way I, I calculate and stuff. So 77 yards alone on, on uh, fault starts that can take a second and two to a second and seven or a third and one to a third and six. So those definitely factor into those are, those aren't calculated into an EPA, but if you did, if the, a five yard loss would be a negative EPA play. All right. So with that, the, here's the UF uh, rushing offense, which is one of the best in the country. It's led by the two quarterbacks, uh, Anthony Richardson and Emory Jones um, and a 49, 49.2% success rate, pretty explosive rushing offense. Um, and high EPA, that's that's stout. Uh, but you yeah. know, as well documented, our Bulldogs are ridiculously good on rush defense. Um, and uh, and it, you know what? There's basically a three-headed monster uh, with the two quarterbacks here. I'm going to show this graph if I can pull it up real fast. And uh, there we go. Um, these are some of the stat cat. Uh, um, concepts if you don't mm -hmm. know we've heard us talk about clark brooks's website um sec Statcat. please visit that site you can learn a lot about all the sec offenses and defenses and stuff so they're well worth your 4.99 a month absolutely um and you can see that you know richardson and, and emory jones are the two leading rushers for this team um and they're just you know running between the tackles but uh we're gonna get into the offensive line here but let's uh let's look at some of those those plays here um from the NLC. well yeah one thing i would you know kind of looking at this uh graph before we jump into the plays you know uh richardson has a broken tackle percentage of 57.14 uh, which is highest in the sec right now so you know, you got to corral him. Um, he also averages 6.36 yards before contact. So it's just like a lot of these plays where he's having these explosive runs, um, you know, that it's it's a little bit more on the defense than it is the, like, you know, he's, he's not facing kind of normal circumstances. And a lot of these yards and stuff have come against garbage time or coming at some, some lesser teams. You know, he did have some big plays against LSU. So don't want to take that away from him, but um you know, in comparison, Emory Jones is seeing 2.74 yards before contact. Um, Malik Davis is seeing 2.28 yards before contact. That's a far cry from 6.36 that Richardson has. So it's just, I think that you're going to see a very different scenario against the Georgia defense. That's not, you know, they're not going to be uh, unsound in their gaps or assignments. But um, yeah, you've got some of these. Uh, yeah, these Emory Jones. Jones. Yeah, you can see that. I mean, there are a lot of these are design looks. They're, I mean, right between in the middle uh, of the line there, and he's he's pretty good with them. And I mean, certainly Richardson's a much smaller sample size, but this is this is his main weapon is his legs, I believe. And it's safe to say. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I mean, really, kind of going through um, some of the, you know, some of the film and and watching their last few games a couple times now. Um, everything for them is really predicated on quarterback run. Um, you know, the the quarterback run, it has to happen 
for everything else to happen because like once Richardson came in the game against LSU in the second half, all those explosive passing plays came off of, you know, QB run fakes. And, you know, it's a lot of the stuff that, that we saw Tebow run uh, with Mullen, you know, uh, over a decade ago where you see the fake quarterback power and then step back and rare one downfield. And, you know, it's all about trying to get linebackers to bite and safeties to bite and, you know, poor eye discipline from, from the defense to create open seams for receivers. And uh, we'll show you some more plays that kind of illustrate that further, but yeah, I, I mean, Richardson is a, a freak athlete for sure, man. I mean, he's, you know, he's a monster and um, he's, you know, definitely got just some attributes that you don't see every day. But he also, you know, it's like Georgia um, is probably more prepared for this type of dual threat at quarterback than than we've ever seen under under Kirby Smart just because they've faced KJ Jefferson and Bo Nix and, uh, and Levis is a, you know, pretty athletic guy. He's not as athletic as Richardson, but it's like they have been playing these dual threat quarterbacks for the last four or five games, you know, I mean, even Vanderbilt yeah, ran right. out their guy. So it's, I don't think it's going to surprise them. I don't think his speed is going to surprise them. Um, and then, yeah, you've got Davis here. Um, and you know, you, you see it, we've talked about it with Stetson Bennett, right? Like having just, just having Stetson Bennett keep a ball a half, uh, has has helped Georgia freeze linebackers in the run game and create more holes because these these guys aren't crashing off the backside and they have to respect that that threat of the quarterback run and you know that's I think a lot of where some of Davis's explosive runs are coming from as well but yeah runs hard you know definitely uh, good at finding kind of creases and holes and um, definitely a solid back and can do some good things in the passing game as well. Yeah. I mean, he's got a lot of, some of his bigger runs are on these toss sweeps. I believe mm -hmm. stat cat's got him as naked tosses and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, it, you know, if Georgia can keep contained, cause that kind of plays into the, the quarterback as well. And they're definitely going to have to watch the edges there. Yeah. And I mean, that last look, that's like kind of a little speed option look. And yeah, I mean, Georgia's seen a lot of that recently and has done a good job of, you know, not not forcing themselves into making bad decisions like there you see 20 he just runs right up field at jones and uh, what you've seen with georgia a lot is guys kind of you know playing that a little bit softer and getting in between the quarterback and the running back and you know putting putting a little bit of hesitation into that decision for the quarterback and forcing that quarterback back towards their help inside so I think Georgia will be prepared for, you know, what they're going to see. Um, yeah. If you want to kind of keep yep. playing some, of, I've got some, yep. some plays that I pulled here. Yeah. So it's like, if you set edges like this right here um, and force, you know, you don't force yourself into making a decision on the zone read where you, you come up field too fast. Uh, you can shut this stuff down, you know, and, and the LSU player did a really good job there of just kind of following that out and, and force an AR back inside. Um, you know, Kirby Smart has talked a lot over the years about these mobile spread quarterbacks in college football, and he said numerous times, the only way that they really hurt you is when you let them gash you up the middle. So Georgia's going to have a spy all day on the quarterback, and on every down they're going to try and funnel them to the sideline and stretch them out with speedy linebackers. Uh, you know, Mullen will try to find a quarterback run game in the middle, but right here, um, you know, 
I think this is, yeah, this is what happens when you have good defensive tackles against some of these quarterback powers. Um, and I mean, LSU's interior line hasn't been great, but on that play they were. So it's just like, you know, running that at Jalen Carter or Jordan Davis or Devontae Wyatt is a whole different uh, deal than, you know, running it at the guys that Vanderbilt has been putting out there. Um, so, yeah. And I mean, you saw that right there. Florida likes to run uh, some of these formations where it's a lot of two back stuff. And sometimes it's, it's two guys in shotgun, but this is just kind of a sniffer type deal. Like we've talked about Monken doing and he meets, you know, meets a defender in the hole and creates a, a good nine, 10 yard gain there um, as a lead blocker. So yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, yeah. I mean, you can see that they're primarily a, you know, their zone read in, inside power, nothing super exotic. Um, and, you know, the inside runs are better, are more, are more successful from success rate and yards per play uh, than the outside stuff. And, uh, you know, Georgia, as you can see in this chart right here, is pretty good, like you've talked about, against all of right. these, uh, all these looks. Uh, so it, it's going to be tough for them to, to, to run the ball on Georgia. And that's, I mean, that's obviously how they're getting most of their yards and most of their efficiency. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, um, kind of moving on, I think you've got some some PFF grades here for the O-line from yeah. Florida. Sorry, hang but, on here. Well, no, you're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. here's the O-line. guys Georgia can take advantage of there. Uh, but that stat is fascinating. I mean, the the fact that the their rushing grade is first in the SEC and their, their line is – last in their run blocking grade like that uh shouldn't really add up but um you know i it's probably an, a a compliment to the elusiveness and shiftiness and and the good vision of, of yeah, those running the backs and quarterbacks yeah, yeah exactly they don't they don't that only happens with the quarterback running the ball and you can see here you know none of these guys are, are even close to set 70 rating which is where you really expect the really good guys in the sec to, to be rated and graded um, and, uh, yeah, like you said, 93.2 graded, uh, rushing offense in the SEC and a block run blocking grade of 51.3, which is only ahead of Vanderbilt. Yeah. And I think what's going to be tough, man, is like, um, looking at, uh, you know, I, I think Georgia can take advantage of, uh, of the tackle garage and, and the guard Stuart Reese and pass rush, but this defensive line, I think is just going to feast on, on Florida's offensive line in the run game. Um. Like looking at this film, Adam Anderson and Nolan Smith are licking their chops. Like this, this left tackle here, um, just you know, one move and getting blown by. Uh, that's you know, that, I, I believe that's BJ Ojolari, who's a, a good player. He's he's his little brother, but um, LSU was able to get you know quite a good bit of pressure on in the backfield at times against this team, and it's just I think gonna be a a difficult thing. Um, and then here, you know, you see Lee Reese lined up at right guard. He goes up to pull at the second level. If you'll run that back, um, he's going to try and get to this linebacker here, this middle, this inside linebacker. Um, and you see him just dive at the feet right there. 51 that dives behind the, basically the linebackers already gone. He just like dives onto the ground and that guy comes in and forces the running back back inside to, the D tackle and it's a, you know, a one, two yard gain. It's basically a stuffed play. Um, I, I just think that, you know, what LSU 
has up front is not very good this year. Um, I think LSU fans would tell you that. LSU's coaches would probably tell you that, especially now that they're fired. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there, there was times in that game where Florida's offensive line just couldn't get a push against them. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's a credit to Mullen, right? Like, I, I give Mullen a hard time. We give Mullen a hard time. There's things that he's very bad at in, in terms of program management and – planning and PR, but he's a hell of a play caller. And, you know, he found a way in the second half of that game with his backup quarterback to create some explosives and, you know, make it competitive. Um, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. With your, no, that's good. I was just saying this is, I mean, these are the dogs we know. Quay Walker with 91 mm-hmm. run D snaps, zero missed tackles. Uh, I mean, just look at those missed tackles on there. Damn, I mean, zero missed tackles for like Quay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I pulled some tape for him kind of when we get into the prediction section of this. But uh, man, like that dude just fills holes. Uh, like it, it's teaching tape. You know what I mean? Like if you're talking to a 12 year old kid that's playing linebacker, like the way that he scrapes and fills, it's just absolutely textbook. Uh, it also helps that he's you know a six five, two hundred and something pound freak show that runs like a four, four or a four five, but just his technique is beautiful over and over. Um, and that surprised me to see Channing Tindall with 14 tackles, but three of them missed cause he moves so fast. But right. Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, look at that 14 tackles. I mean, he's got a, as they say, a nose for the ball. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. For sure. <laughs> well, and I mean, you know, looking at like Jalen Carter, um, you know, only 57 run defense snaps and nine tackles, uh, like, that's just so – that's bizarre for a defensive tackle. You know what I mean? Like, those guys aren't supposed to make uh, tackles in the run game. They're supposed to occupy blockers yeah. so linebackers can make tackles in the run game. And it's a and it's just a testament to his athleticism. Um, and if we look at – now, I guess we're going to pivot into the the passing offense, which is, like we said, yeah. the, script, the script has been flipped. They're only averaging eight yards per play passing. It's a good success rate but low EPA and the explosiveness is, is pretty good. Um, and, but you can see the Georgia is, I mean, we talk about the run D, but it's extremely stout against the pass as well. Only 3.8 yards per play. I was talking to Bud Davis and he and I are, he's like the Gator stats version and he's a good dude, but he's a Gator alum and fan and stuff. And he, he shared with me some stuff. He hasn't published it yet, but looking at, uh, you know, passing yards, uh, or passing plays that are go less 10 yards or less every single zone in the field has a negative EPA against Georgia's defense. So, um, but yeah, so it's, again, it's an efficient offense. It's not nearly explosive as last year, but um, I mean, you, you know, Graham, you talked about sort of the defenses they've faced uh, this season. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, um, talking about kind of who's going to play, cause I know that's the question and I, I imagine we'll see both Jones and Richardson, but the question is who's going to play more, but they're quite different in terms of what they bring as passers. Um, Richardson likes to throw deep. Mullen likes to run play action with him. Uh, he's 20 of 36 passing on the year, but that doesn't really tell the full story. Like when Mullen runs play action, it's a little better. He's completing almost 65% of his balls on 17 attempts and he's putting up 17.3 yards in attempt. So it's like when they go play action, it's, you know, air it out, bomb it down the field. It's a lot like what we're seeing with Stetson right now. Um, it's good, but he's also – he's the type, like, if there's a shot that's called downfield, he's going to throw the ball downfield no matter what. Um, no matter what the coverage looks like, he's going to get it out. He, so, I mean, you know, only 17 attempts, 
off play action, but two of those are interceptions. Um, and I mean, the other side of this is when there's not play action, things get kind of ugly for him. He's just nine for 19 with 5.1 yards per an attempt on, you know, regular dropbacks. Um, when you're playing the defense that probably gets the quarterback better than anyone in college football, which is Georgia, I think that that might be a problem. And I think that might be why Mullen is being kind of coy about the quarterback situation. Cause I think Jones may give them a better chance uh, than, than Richardson just for that fact alone. I mean, Levis was a guy though, that we kind of pinpointed going into the Kentucky game. And, you know, it was a, a similar story where most of his success was off play action and, you really saw Kentucky kind of just abandon play action and throw a lot of screens and, you know, a lot of those tight end stuff in the flat. But I think that this Georgia defense is so good at getting into the backfield that it kind of yeah. forces you out of play action. I mean, you know, you and I have talked about it. I saw Brent Rollins talk about it, you know, the Stetson Bennett's play action. And he's like 15 yards per attempt and 18 yards per completion or something. I don't play action. That's because he's right. got time to time to throw. And you can right. see on this on this stat cat concept that, you know, yeah, Georgia's allowing 60 percent and a high EPA on those all verts. But it's only five plays. They're not. Get, I mean, that's those are the plays that take a time to develop. And they're just I just don't see. Georgia's, you know, giving up that many dropbacks, they're going to have those have a chance for those plays to develop. Yeah, I mean, another stat I'll throw out for you: um, Richardson, when under pressure as a passer this year, is three of eleven and three interceptions uh, on eleven attempts under pressure. And so, if you know that he's not good as a traditional dropback passer, like he's not the guy that's really going to get into a five or seven step drop and just hit something in rhythm. Uh, at least he hasn't been yet. And it's like, all right, well, I got to run play action with him to be successful. But if he's under pressure, he's going to throw it into, you know, uh, you know, bad spot. So um, yeah, it's, it's a conundrum for Mullen, but yeah, everything with, with Richardson is predicated on him being a threat with the legs. And like right there, LSU's linebacker bites on this run fake. And that running back is left wide open on the seam route, which is probably a little traumatic for Georgia fans. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's funny, man. Like this LSU game, Mullen is back in his bag throwing to the the running backs. But you see that linebacker right there uh, on the left side of the screen. He flows to the towards Richardson when Richardson kind of takes that that jump step to the right, and all of a sudden, running back is in between him and the safety with a big window. Um, Mullen is. You know, he still wants to throw these these halfback wheel routes. Um, you're going to see one right here, I believe. But, uh, yeah, right here you're going to see that to uh, Davis. But, I, you know, I think Georgia will be ready. We've seen, you know, Clemson tried to test Georgia with the halfback wheel routes week one because it was like, well, let's see if they figured it out yet. Uh, if, if it's a slant, then he looks pretty comfortable throwing some of those. Like, um, you know, Georgia's defense is good about not giving away anything cheap. Like, they're not just going to give you inside leverage like that uh, and, you know, let you have a three-yard cushion on a seven-yard slant. But it is something to watch. Uh, it, it is also potential for another kind of like Chris Smith jump the route type of situation. Um, nice. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, LSU got so concentrated on the run fakes with AR that they just let these guys fly past them and streak, a, streak around wide open. So Georgia's going to have to be disciplined with their eyes, not get caught staring into the backfield. Um, 
and then you're you're gonna see on this next play like he will make some dangerous throws. If the defensive back played this ball a little bit better, he might have run this back for a 101 yard pick six. Um, he trusts his arm as he should because he's got a big arm, but it's like this is you know dangerous territory right there. Um, and you know right here we talked about him being under pressure. Um, this is something you just cannot do in college. Uh, all right, we getting... are we jumping all the way down to four because that's what I got next. I've got. Uh, are we on? I've got fifty. Was that not fifty there? It should have been an interception. Is, okay, let me see. All right, let me make sure we're queued up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Okay, great. Sorry, no worries. Lost track here. Um, yeah. So I mean, like, look at this, man. There's there's one receiver in double coverage, and the receiver never even turns his head. Uh, he's locked up, and. I mean, this is as easy of an interception as a safety is ever going to get. And it's just like, he has got to eat that, right? Like, or just take a sack or toss it out of bounds. I mean, he's such a good athlete. He's probably going to be able to get out of the tackle box and throw the ball away almost any time. Um, but, you know, he doesn't. So, um, yeah. And then if we want to uh, scroll down. Uh, for a yeah, uh, yeah, you so, got some stuff here. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, with, with Jones – uh, good quarterback, but only kind of when your wide receivers can get yards after the catch. Um, just like looking at his splits, you know, 34 for 34 behind the line of scrimmage, but 3.1 yards in the attempt, zero to nine yards downfield. He's 47 of 66. That's 71% completion, six and a half yards in attempt, three touchdowns, two picks. But then you go 10 to 19 yards, he turns into a 58% completion passer. You go 20 plus yards, he turns into a 42.9% completion passer. And, and he's, he's know, got set, he's got seven t, seven interceptions to five TDs on those 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 plays that are over 10, 10 right. plus yards. Yeah, especially that 10 to 19 yard window, two touchdowns to five picks. Um and you know, talking you know, about that talking about that heat ahead. map that, that Bud was talking about these where he is accurate and dangerous is where Georgia eats it up. You know, these are these are going to be harder, and this is where the linebackers in Georgia are playing extremely well in that in that zone that he seems to want to throw in. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, his adjusted depth of target is only eight point nine yards. Um, Richardson's is fifteen point six, which I know he's still a small, small sample. sample size. Yeah, but but I mean, Stetson is uh, around eleven, I believe. You know, um, I think right now I could be wrong about that, um, but you know, like. It's interesting because, you know, Richardson will make that electric kind of downfield play. He'll also throw an interception and stare down the primary read. But, you know, Mullen has kind of said himself that AR doesn't know the playbook very well. So if he wasn't athletic, Richardson would be a huge liability. Like you wouldn't see him because he's he's going to put himself in trouble. But, um, yeah, I mean, with Jones, like, there are certain things he does well. If you want to go ahead with clip four, we can kind of start. Like, if you play him with these soft coverages like LSU is right here and you leave, like, underneath stuff open, um, he's going to do this to you. You know, like, he can hit these these kind of uh, flood and levels type con concepts. Um, like, but go back on that play one more time. If you watch this play, there's a wheel route from the slot receiver on the top right here that breaks wide open. This dude's going to be wide open by four yards. You're going to see it when he throws this ball downfield. If you look at the top of the field on the top of your screen, 
Um, that guy, you can see his shadow there on the right side. Yeah, I mean, he's gone. He's clear, but by a long ways. And it's like he just he he doesn't want to throw that ball. Uh, he's not super comfortable throwing that ball, um, and he just doesn't look for that that big play very often uh, in the passing game. And I mean, here if you go to yeah, like later in the second half, you're going to see why he wasn't comfortable throwing that wheel route down the sideline. The first drive, it's going to break open right here. Um, sorry, I think we're on 78 now. Yeah. All right. Yeah, sorry. 78. All right. Let's do this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're going to see this go down the sideline and like, he just doesn't have the touch or the accuracy and under throws it. And you know, that that's a, a ball that a college quarterback has to make and fit that between cover two, you know? Um, and it's just like, he throws it late. He throws it short. He kind of floats it in there. Um, and, you know, honestly, he's kind of – he's probably like 10 years ago, that wide receiver probably gets his head taken off. Um, but, yeah, he's just 4 of 14 on balls to the left sideline that are 10-plus yards downfield. So, he's not comfortable throwing over there. Um, he can do, you know, um, like if you play simple base coverages with lots of cushion, he'll – he'll do well with it. You know what I mean? Like this is, this is a good throw by him. It's in stride. Uh, it's, it's man coverage in that spot and he hits it, but he doesn't really throw guys open as much as just waits until they are open. And that creates a lot of time in the pocket. Um, it also creates opportunities for interceptions. Uh, you're going to see here, like this route needs to be thrown a, a half second to a second earlier and he doesn't let go of it. And, I mean, he, you know, also if he's feeling that pressure, he does have the, the dump off open there in the flat. So I think he's most comfortable with these in-breaking routes right here in between the numbers against man coverage. If you let Florida's receivers get inside of you, then you can get into trouble with Jones. The thing is that he can also be tricked, into, tricked by coverage and he'll throw these balls into some sketchy windows at times. But, you know, that's a – that's a nice ball right there. Like, um, this is what I'm talking about on this next play, though. Like, LSU was without Stingley and Ricks, and Florida's wide receivers were struggling to get separation from coverage, which is a bad sign for Florida. Um, but, you know, right here you're going to see a situation where that ball is a little bit behind, but it's decent coverage because that receiver just doesn't doesn't separate. And – you see the LSU defender tip that for an interception. Um, so I think that, you know, and then we've got, I think, one more here, uh, one more pick from him coming up. But you can only throw so many in-breaking routes in a football game. Like you can only, like a safety or even some of these athletic linebackers and some of these DBs, like they're only going to sit around and watch that so many times before that's going to happen. Right. And they're going to jump routes on you. And we saw that with Clemson and Georgia uh, in, in Charlotte, right? Like it's those, those balls are risky. First of all, second of all, you know, if you're a split second behind or you're, you know, the throws a little bit behind, it's probably going to be a pick. It's just a dangerous way to live. And that's kind of how Florida has to live with Emory Jones because that's what he sees and that's what he likes to throw. That's what he, you know, is comfortable to uh, throwing to. So I, I think that, you know, 
it's a tough it's a tough ask for Florida's offense, man. It just is with the secondary playing really well. Kirby Smart being in a spot now where he is willing to drop into zone at times. Um, and then, you know, this run defense, this front seven that I just don't see a quarterback, you know, going and running for a hundred yards on this front seven, you know, um, if it happens, I mean, I'll tip my cap, but you know, Kirk, Kirby joked about who's when I don't even know if he's joking. He said they're looking at everybody on cornerback. Well, here we are, you know, coming in the cocktail party and we've got two great cornerbacks. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Ringo, Ringo has, has played at lights out. I mean, he's, you know, he's as a playing in his first half season as a college football player, he's got a PFF grade of 74.5. We all know yeah. Lewis Steen's the leader and, 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 and Brini's been targeted the most and uh, has six, and has the most reception against him, but he's still got a very high PFF grade and has three pass breakups and has played really well in some of these critical late game situations and, and kept, you know, the defense out of the end zone on several plays. He has. And I mean, Brittany, you know, um, he's done some good stuff on the sidelines and, and, you know, over in the near the boundary, but the, the routes that he's been best on have been slants to the middle of the field. Right. Um, so, you know, he might be somebody to keep an eye on on Saturday because, you know, it seems like no matter who gets the start, that's where Florida is going to be trying to to make their money is kind of, you know, in between the hashes, in between the numbers. And he's a guy that could pick one. And these these are our linebacker grades. I mean, Nicobe Dean's got a 79.9, you know, PFF, uh, you know, coverage grade with, you know, uh, he's given – with a 3.8 yard per catch. I mean, clearly in one missed tackle, I mean, not one, none of these guys has more than one missed tackle on, on pass plays and stupid, all have, dude. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, and you, and there's Adam Anderson, who's, you know, supposedly one of your speed rushers is playing great, you know, with, you know, four four point two yards per catch and uh, just one missed tackle for him too. And an 81.7 yeah. PFF grade. Well, and there's a reason, you know, that you got to look at star this off season. Right. And it's cause he's, he's got the ability to, to do some really good things in coverage. And, um, you know, I think that's a huge advantage for Georgia in this game because, uh, you know, I'm sure Dan Mullen watched the Kentucky tape and they do have some, some athletic tight ends and gamble and zipper. Um, but I just, it's like, man, I, I don't know that there's ever been a linebacking group that I trust more in man coverage against tight ends and running backs than, than this one that Georgia has right now. And, I'm sure there will be some of those situations on Saturday. Um, but, yeah, I think that these guys will hold up well against anybody, and that includes that Florida group. All right. I'm reloading some graphics here. So uh, just give me a second because we've got so much stuff. It doesn't all fit on the computer at one time. So because um, we're going to pivot into the Georgia offense. And uh, let me go ahead and pull that up. So let you sort of kind of kick us off with that. Stand by. Here we go. All right. There we go. Um, yeah, I mean, the offense is, I mean, only, you know, half a yard behind Florida's 7.1 yard per uh, per play and a high, per, you know, and we'll show later that success rate has been improving every single game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's definitely on the up and up. Uh, the run game, I think, continues to get better by the week. The passing game. Uh, is efficient and explosive. Um, so, yeah, I think you're happy about the direction of the offense if you're a Georgia fan. Um, you know, kind of how do you feel about this defense from from Florida looking at let it from just a uh, metric standpoint? Um, 
you know, it's good, not great. I mean, it's pretty average on a lot of things. I mean, the EPA is positive, but not by much. The explosiveness is low, 40, 40.8% success rate. But, uh, I mean, that's got numbers baked in from early in the year. Um, I, you know, it's it's on the decline. Uh, you know, not a sharp decline. It's it's pretty stable, but it's it's not great. And it, I don't think uh, it's it's does anything particularly well. And I think Georgia will be able to out-scheme them, honestly. Yeah, um, Monken's gonna Monken's gonna find the weaknesses. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Almost there, buddy. Hang on, cooking this stuff up. I knew this was gonna be weird. But um, uh, how do you? What are, What are your initial thoughts uh, on this? On the def, on the on the offense versus the floor? I mean, um, uh, yeah, on the Georgia's defense. Offense. Yeah. Georgia's offense. Georgia's offense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, looking at the Florida defense. Um, they started out the re- the year really well. Um, you know, the like that Alabama game, you watch the tape from that, and they had a lot of success up front. And they, you know, kind of stuffed Alabama's running attack for good portions of that game. And they looked very engaged and motivated. But Alabama's offensive line has been pretty, you know, mediocre this year, I think. Um, and then you go and watch this LSU tape and you see dudes loafing around all over the field. Um, you know, you see LSU go out and um, just, I mean, 10.7 yards per carry on 10 carries off the right edge for LSU. Yeah. Um, I mean, I even, Zan- even Vandy went for six yards a carry on five carries against the right off the right edge on Florida, um, Kentucky, six and a half yards per carry off the right edge. And so, like teams are running really well off the right side of that line. And that's good news for Georgia because against Kentucky, Georgia ran for uh, 8.3 yards of rush off behind right guard and right tackle, only 2.43 yards of rush behind left guard and left tackle. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it kind of lines up well with what Georgia's doing well right now. Yeah. I mean, like I've, you've heard anyone that's following me on Twitter and we've talked about it, you know, the, the, uh, U, U, UGA offense, rush offense, it's not been great. 4.8 yards per is not bad. It's pretty average, but the success rate is getting better. I think the offensive yeah. line is getting better. The the EPA and explosiveness is very low. But like you said, I mean, if LSU just got woodshedded or, or took part of the woodshed on Saturday, um, and the PFF grade of 73.2 is 11th in the SEC for the Florida Gators defense. So, yeah, I think this does line up pretty – pretty good for uh you know maybe a chance to to start getting some um efficiency on the ground uh nobody really that spectacular in the in the run grade defenses for the gators um and uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of missed tackles um (laughs) so i think a strong uh you know you can see cook with his aloofness and and zamir with his strength maybe uh challenging some of these guys trying to wrap them up yeah absolutely um you know i mean james cook right now He's got a broken tackle rate so far uh, on the year of 47.92%, which is impressive. Um, you know, Zamir's at 29.27% to give you some kind of perspective on that number. Um, I, I, I'll kind of, you know, we'll get into it a little more as we keep going, but I think Saturday is going to be a very big day for, for James Cook um, for a few reasons. But, um, yeah, you want to look at some, some – Yeah, let's uh, do it. So, I mean, Florida just doesn't have that big force in the middle of the defense. Like, there's no Davis, Wyatt, or Carter. Um, 
Daquan Newkirk and Gervin Dexter are the guys in the middle, and they're not bad players, but they aren't game wreckers like Georgia has. Um, and, you know, it's just, I think Georgia can get some push up front. Uh, if LSU can get push up front, then Georgia can get push up front on Saturday. Um, and, you know, it says everything you need to know about Florida's run defense that um, you got 26. 26. I think I went past it. There we go. Yeah. So it says everything you need to know about this run defense that LSU had been two weeks in a row not running the ball. And here in the first quarter, it's third and six. They look at a six-man front with six blockers in protection, and they are able to shove it right up the gut. Um, you know, there's a lot of loafing on this defense. I'm just going to say it. Uh, there's a lot of, like, moments where you're just like, man, that dude is just giving up on this play. Um, this is inside power concept, right? Um, and Georgia has run – the second most of any plays this season. What what Georgia's run the second most out of any of plays all season long is inside power. Uh, Monkins called it on 50.2% of his snaps so far this year. LSU ran inside power concepts 16 times against Florida for 195 yards. That's 12.2 yards a carry. Uh, they had only run it 19 times all year before facing Florida. They run it 16 times on Saturday. Um, Florida just did not fill holes well in this game. Um, you know, I mean, they gave up, I think, almost 300 yards rushing to Davis Price, the LSU running back. I expect Florida to, to come out in this game and be motivated, right? Like, I expect that, you know, it's a rivalry game. Um, you know, I, I think there will be some want to there. It's just, I, I don't know how much that changes things necessarily. Maybe it does a lot. I don't know. I'm not, you know a football coach, but I, I just, I don't see if LSU can push you around up front, then a lot of people can push you around up front and make you tap out. And it's just like, Georgia's going to play a physical game and at four and three with their season kind of over and not much on the line. I don't know if Florida is going to really bow up and, and get into the teeth of that and kind of take, do what it takes to to play that style of football and and to stop that style of football. Maybe they yeah. will. You know what I mean? Maybe they will. But it's just like I, you know, I don't know why yeah. they didn't in Baton Rouge. You can see that these concepts that you know you're talking about it inside run. This is like you said, Georgia runs it you know often and with pretty good success with inside power fifty eight point eight percent success rate. Inside zone reads are getting fifty fifty point six percent. Um, and then that, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, getting over close to over five yards of carry on some of those, on those rushes. So yeah, uh, it's, it, it could be problematic. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, Cook right here, 6.9 uh, yards per carry on 16 plays on inside zone read with a 4.16 EPA. That's nice. kind of like, like what you're talking about that he could have a, a huge game uh, running the ball. And obviously yeah. he's and he and we've shown it and we've highlighted all year. You know, everyone thinks he's just a misdirection, third down, change of pace back. Absolutely not. He can no. run it. He can run it in between the tackles. No, he'll gut you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. And I mean, I think you know, uh, kind of going into some of this passing grade, this passing game stuff. Um, I want uh, before we before we get into that. Also, what what I'm not showing in here is that Stetson has run it on nine times on quarterback design runs with a 10.7 yard per carry and a 77 percent success rate. So I mean, you talked about it 
a little bit when we were talking about the Florida uh, offense. Yeah, I mean, that that just showing that a little bit, if it is, in fact, Stetson on Saturday, uh, will definitely help uh, keep, uh, you know, the defense honest and, and even give them more holes and possibly set up more passing plays, which is what we're going to talk about next. Yeah. All right. And let me see if I can pull that up. Yeah. Here's our passing offensive uh, metrics here. 10-point yards per play passing on a 49% success rate. That's really good. I'd, that's a really good success rate on passing. You know, you expect that to be a little lower uh, for a pass, for an offense. Now, they haven't passed it a lot. You know, it's been well documented. We haven't thrown the ball, ball around a lot. We didn't even care. We didn't really have much of a fourth quarter against Kentucky. Uh, EPA is a little low, but the explosiveness is very high. Uh, I mean, it's it actually, actually explosiveness is, is towards the you know, bottom, like just under half on the, uh, you know, seven, and maybe it's seventh in the SEC and stuff. But again, it, not a lot of, of pass plays, but what they've done, they've done it well and efficiently. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, just looking at this Florida secondary, um, man, there's, it reminds me a lot of the Kentucky secondary when I went through the film of that and, you know, like when we went through Auburn, it was like I there's one guy here, Nehemiah Pritchett, that I think Georgia can take advantage of, and uh, ultimately, you know, Lad McConkey was targeted three times when he was covered by Pritchett, and he made three catches, and two of those were you know resulted in long touchdowns, and that was kind of the difference in that game, right? Um, against Kentucky, it was sort of dealer's choice for Stetson, you know, it was like we can hit stuff on the left boundary, we can hit stuff on the right boundary, we can hit tight ends down the seam, we can hit stuff all over the field and there was just matchup problems for the defense all over the field looking at this Florida secondary I think there are matchup problems for the defense all over the field the Alabama game is going to remain an anomaly because they played out of their asses against Alabama um, but I also think Bryce Young you know there was a lot of bust in that game Alabama let a lot of stuff or Florida let a lot of guys roam free out in secondary um young you know that wasn't his best day it was first road start in the sec he's a freshman so on so forth uh but you know i mean what lsu was able to do with to them without uh kishan bude was you know there was guys open a lot uh, they kind of locked it down in the second half but i don't think max johnson's a particularly good quarterback i don't know if you do um but <laughs> i just saw you know lsu beating man coverage a lot um there was a lot of times where johnson wasn't able to deliver the ball to that so i didn't pull a ton of plays um but i mean here he makes a great throw off his back foot there's really two guys there that he could have thrown the ball to um but yeah you've got some uh grades i think for for their secondary i didn't pull a ton play wise for their secondary just because yeah i had him up there while we were talking i can pull him back up here hang on a second those are linebackers, no, right? uh, pass coverage. No, no, it's pass coverage. Um, you know, you know, we looked at the Georgia linebackers. All were four or five yards per catch. These guys in, in coverage are giving up 11, 13, 16, eight and a half yards per catch for these linebackers and stuff. So I think, you know, like you say, that's a McConkey, uh, Fitzpatrick and Bowers zone right there that yeah. they're going to be up against. Well, um, and I think, you know, the, the guy that I would really point out uh, is – Trevez Johnson uh he's their slot corner um he's been struggling all year but especially lately he gave up seven catches on 11 targets against LSU um yeah. 
for the year. He's you got know. a forty-seven point nine percent, forty-nine point forty-seven point nine PFF grade, thirty-three targets, twenty-four catch uh, receptions. Uh, right. Yeah. And I mean, who's the guy that's been lined up in the slot a lot for Georgia lately? It's Lad, right? Um, you know, when they do have a slot receiver out there, it's often Lad, and so it's like or Kiris, depending on his health. But it's like if you take a route technician like McConkey and you give Todd Monken that matchup, he'll he'll cash it in for a couple touchdowns or a couple explosive plays at least. You know what I mean? It's just like he's going to – when he sees that happen, when he sees that matchup, it's going to get exploited. You can see these top two guys, Torrance and Dean, you know, they've only got 25 combined targets and the other guys have 64. That tells you right there that it's it's known by the offensive coordinators who they're playing where to go with the ball, and mm-hmm. there's two of them on the field. You can't protect them both, uh, and that's that's good news for for uh, Georgia fans. Yeah, 100, percent man. Um, All right, where are we in the dock here? All right, uh, we're uh, we're at the pass rush. All right, yeah. The Florida pass the, rush grades. The, the the Florida pass rush is one of the better ones in the SEC, and I think they're trying. Much like we talked about with our, you know, our front seven would protect some of our young secondary, but you know, it's obviously we're light years ahead of them on defense. But uh, PFF grades, it's one of the best ones in the SEC. Uh, they're getting, and I think that's colloquially called third and Grantham. It's just send guys and, <laughs> and, and try to get home. And they're getting a lot of pressures and a lot of sacks. I mean, there's our Britton Cox had, I think he's been kind of nicked up this year. Um, and, um, you know, but Zachary Carter is clearly their best player. Carter's uh, a stud, man. Yeah. He pops yeah. off, he pops off film. Um, Cox, uh, he's extremely athletic. He's a great player. Um, in the Alabama game, when you watch that game and he looks engaged and he's flying around the field and he's making some very good plays against LSU, there's some plays where, uh, I mean, there's one play in particular where he jumps into the backfield and he's got the quarterback squared in sights. And, you know, Johnson's not, uh, he's not Cam Newton, right? And Johnson just kind of like makes a sort of token spin move towards the side, like, you know, just sort of twists out of it and Cox just, just gives up on the play and doesn't chase him at all. Um, and so, again, it's like kind of what we were talking about this defense before. Will they be engaged? You know what I mean? Um, I, I think it's like – I think if they're engaged that uh, they could create some some issues for this Georgia offensive line. I think that they could get a couple sacks. I don't think that they're going to get consistent pressure on this Georgia offensive line because how good that group has been in pass protection. But – um, I think they could do as well as anyone we've seen so far in terms of speeding up the clock a little bit for, for a guy like Stetson or, or JT, JT, whoever's in there. But it's, again, yeah. you know, what's the we've want got, to? We've got Bowers up here is one of the, the – I would think probably the biggest surprise of the whole season, especially on offense. But just look at how many look how many routes he's running. I mean, and we're going to show yeah. Burton here is on how, what his – I don't know if that's a that's route. crazy. Trigger. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, just, well, I mean, as a true There's freshman. also three or four routes within each of these variations. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a ton in there when you unpack it. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I put in Washington down there just just to me he's only been out there for really one game catching passes, but he's getting that flood variation where he's just create that flood is just going to create a mismatch for someone with his athleticism. He's averaging twenty yards catch on those on those plays, and he's caught all three balls that have been thrown his way. Yeah, I mean his EPA is off the charts for yeah. catches, dude. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. And then here's where he kind of Burton right here is just, I mean, he's obviously knows the whole playbook and he's got all yeah. these all these routes he's running and you know he's only getting maybe one or two you know plays but look at all of them it's it, it's going to be tough for uh, a deep uh, secondary that can be exposed for to defend all of these athletes yeah it's a shame with Burton that he hasn't been healthy all year you know I think he Kirby said he missed something like you know 75 to 80 percent of the practices in fall camp um just because of that that knee issue and, and being dinged up. But, like, I felt very confident coming into the season uh, that, that he was the most complete receiver on Georgia's team. And, you know, I mean, we saw what he did against Mississippi State last year and, you know, catching balls at every level and not just burning guys deep, but also the, the things that he could do as a technical route runner on comebacks and across the middle. So I look forward to when he's – he's kind of back full go because uh, even, even limited, he's been able to do some really good things so far this year. Um, and he's out know. there. He's, he's out there, not as a decoy. He may not be a hundred percent, but he's not out there. The decoy he's out there game in it. And uh, I think yeah. that's probably a good sign for him. He will be healthy at some point. Um, I know we flashed a ton of graphs up here. I, I'm going to take a second and uh, just say, Hey, all this stuff's posted on a, on an article Graham and I wrote for dog sports. So you can go back and look at them and uh, follow up with, you know, getting a better look at some of these stats and graphs that we've got. So check it out on dogsports.com. So let's, you're ready for prediction time? I am ready. I'm going to take, I'm going to take a breath and take a sip. Tell us your prediction. Well, no, I've got your, your plays for kind of how I think Georgia's going to. All right. Well, I'll I'll play them. Watch this. All right. So, well, you know, how does Georgia win this game on offense, right? I think there's going to be matchups that favor the dogs all over the field. Um, well, slow up for me. Um, <laughs> damn it. You got me. You were faster than I was. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, I think you might see a sack or two on Saturday, but I'd be surprised if Florida is able to get consistent pressure to change how Georgia runs its offense. But we know Todd Mocken, right? Or Todd Grantham, I'm sorry. Two very different people. Uh, but we know that Grantham one, loves to one looks. One looks like he ate the other. No comment. Um, <laughs> we know that Grantham loves the blitz early and often. Uh, and I can promise you Stetson Bennett and Mocken are licking their chops at the idea of Grantham bringing the house on passing on passing downs. Bennett is 22 of 30 for seven touchdowns and zero interceptions against the blitz this, this year. Um, he's averaging 16.9 yards an attempt when blitzed. If Todd Grantham does the Todd Grantham playbook that he's always done, this is going to be a bloodbath, dude. Like, this is going to be a massacre of epic proportions. I'm not even, like, I'm not even homering this or fanning it up. I'm just telling you, like, if Grantham brings the house on third downs or, you know, third and mediums and thirds and longs, uh, it's going to be bad. Because uh, this is what Stetson Bennett does against man coverage, right? Uh, he'll pick you apart underneath with some of those comeback routes to, to A.D. Mitchell. You'll you'll see the uh, the double moves here on the outside if you if you leave Rad Lad into man coverage. Um, 
you know, and, and he can deliver that ball on the money like that strike for a touchdown. Uh, and then, you know, even in close, we know Mitchell in tight spaces, he can create space, do some good things. Um, Florida's defense is struggling against the run right now. Right. We talked about uh, inside power. Georgia's coming off its most explosive run game of the year against Kentucky. So power plays just for you guys are it's, it's when blockers pull from one side and come to the other and try and create a numbers advantage. And so we know that that's what Monken and Luke have been doing more and more of. They want to see these guys pull in. They want to see these guys work into the second level. So they're, they're comfortable doing exactly what Florida struggled to defend against LSU. Um, and they, you know, hit some nice ones against Kentucky the last time out. Uh, that's not so much a power concept as it is just guys getting the second level on a, a zone concept, but still, um, this get this run game starting to hum a little bit. Uh, and you know, I think they could take advantage. I think where this all really adds up for Georgia though, is, is throwing to the running backs and tight ends. Uh, it's kind of ironic when you remember that that's sort of how Florida beat Georgia last year, but these Florida linebackers aren't great in coverage and the safeties aren't great coverage guys either. I think Cook, McIntosh, I think Zeus will see him catch some balls. Uh, McIntosh, provided he's healthy, uh, obviously, you know, but Bowers, Darnell, that group, the Titans and running backs, because uh, I think Florida is probably going to have to play some man coverage on the running backs and tight ends to, to stop this running game, to have a hope of stopping Georgia's running game. And if they do, you know, I think that Georgia will will pick on it and take advantage of it. Um, on the, uh, oh yeah, we one got, more. We Sorry, got, yeah, one more. There's our boy. Oh yeah, that's our big boy, Darnell. All pass interference offense to Darnell. So this Florida defense, or I'm sorry, yeah, like this this Florida offense. I'm sorry, it reminds me a lot of what Arkansas did on offense. Um, it's all predicated on the quarterback run. And if that doesn't work, it's much harder to get wide open running backs and wide receivers running downfield. And we know that Georgia can rock and roll on defense against quarterback runs. Um, they're not going to get gashed, whether that's AR or Emory back there. You know, they may give up an explosive play, but it's just like they're not – this is not going to be the Treon Harris game, you know, like where Georgia just gets gashed on the ground and that whole disaster happened and the grocery store kid – catches a fake field goal touchdown or whatever the hell um like you're just you're not gonna see georgia get beat on the ground over and over and over um you know these guys can set edges in the run game and neutralize the speed option speed option and read option looks that florida plays and uh yeah i mean you you see here like the those linebackers run super well sideline to sideline and the that group of defensive linemen are not going to create a bunch of spaces for you to run quarterback power against. Um, as far as, you know, the, the game with, with Davis and, and Wright and kind of the rest of that Florida running back group. Um, we just, I mean, we, man, you know, the best, the best running back in the sec arguably, or at least the guy that's run for the most yards in the sec just had seven carries for seven yards against Georgia. You know um, I just, it might happen in the college football playoff, but I don't see anyone on on Georgia's schedule, and that includes Alabama, uh, running consistently on this team and, you know, really running to win against this Georgia team. Um, you might get a five-yard gain. You might get an eight-yard gain. 
but you're not going to do it over and over and over. You're going to, you know, you're going to get a lot of this. You're going to get second and twos for a yard and a half and third and ones for half a yard. Um, you know, when this defense can tee off and they know that the run's coming, they're as good as any that I've seen in, in a long, long time. I mean, I think that you know, maybe the offense from the quarterback position may be a little better than what we face in, in Auburn and Arkansas, but certainly not the running backs. Tank and, and C-Rod were, were not hard to argue that they're not two of the best running backs. So, I, I like you said, yeah. I mean, we just gave up nothing on those guys. Right. And, I mean, I think, you know, like, I think that Jones and Richardson may be a little more dynamic runners than Jefferson was. I mean, Nick's, I think, is – the most elusive player in college football, probably. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think Jefferson actually just kind of seeing what he's done since that game is actually a much better passer than probably any of us thought that day. Um, Cause Jordan was able to do such a good job on the back end, but yeah, uh, they will force these guys upfield um, when they need to, you know? Um, I think we're, we're yeah, let's we? look, uh, let's go to clip 15. Oh God! The Arkansas review, clip fifteen. The Arkansas. I don't. Uh, maybe it's. I've got. It was right after this. This, it was right after the tank and Chris Rodriguez inside okay. zones movie. <laughs> Way back there. All right, hang on. You, I was letting them play here. Oh, nope. I thought those okay. were your movies. No, no, that's okay. They were. I got it. Hang on. Stay with me. Okay. I just got to find it out here. Uh, 15. This is. Stay with me. Well, if anybody's sticking around this, like, here we go. We've got them. All right. All right. Uh, nope. This is it. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I just, I, you know, Georgia will set these edges like they did here. You know, I think that's the big key to this game is setting edges. We talked about that earlier when LSU did it well. You saw what happened. Um, and then, yeah, as far as coverage goes, you're going to see Mullen try and do the throw it to the running backs off wheel routes and all that because he's he's Mullen and, you know, that's just his thing. You know, it's going to be funny to him. Um, and, you know, it's just I think he's going to go to that well. It worked for them last week. And, you know, I think he's – going to think it will work again and seeing you see him come in there and kind of take one of those away um i think this georgia defense had halfback wheel route pounded into their skulls a million times over and over all off season and they're going to defend it well these linebackers we already talked about how they can run um you know florida runs a lot of screens and swings uh, you know, I think Georgia will, will do a good job of defending that, uh, whether that's the linebackers coming in on running backs or uh, your your defensive backs coming up and making plays on on wide receivers and beating man coverage. Um, to be frank, I I just don't think Florida will be able to do much downfield against Georgia. Uh, they don't have a game breaking wide receiver. Copeland is the best one they have and he's good, but he's not great. He's not a Burks. Um and, you know, we saw what Georgia did with a Perks, right? Um, you know, Georgia was able to to lock him down on the sidelines and, and play man on the back end. And, you know, our boy 
uh, Smith doing things on the back end or, or Bernie or whoever it is, um, you know, Kendrick coming up, making plays uh, against these guys. So, yeah, I think Kirby is going to come out aggressive in this game. Uh, his kicker has been kind of suspect, not super reliable this year. I don't think he wants to play a close game and, you know, kind of man ball this. I think he's going to come out and I think this defense is going to do what it's done all year. Um, I can promise you that Mockin has been saving stuff for this game for the last, you know, nine months. This, this has been, you know, he's only used 30% of the playbook. I think you're going to see some of that come out, some of that other 70%. Um, it like it it's kind of weird to say this because last week going into this game it was like well this is Florida and I was in the stadium in 2002 and 2005 and all these you know bad losses and for Georgia teams that were having really good years and had a shot in, in national title races uh, that's not happening on Saturday it's just not um, just you know just looking at the film what Georgia has versus what Florida has. I think this is going to be a blowout. I think Georgia's going to pounce pretty early. And I think that, you know, this Florida team is kind of in a fragile place in terms of their spirit right now. And uh, I think Georgia, you know, I think Florida will come out and hit hard for a series or two and Georgia will have to fight through that. And then once they're able to kind of break that, that dam uh, that, you know, it's all, it's all going to come rushing through. So uh, I think Georgia pounces on them early mocking, Gets Grantham crossed up all over the place. I've got Georgia 45, Florida 17. I like that. Um, I think Georgia's going to is me being generous too. Okay. I, I, I think that, Georgia, uh, that we're going to dominate this game. I think we're going to cover that spread. Um, I, I expect that I'm going to probably get trolled because I think the offense is going to ball out and uh, everyone's oh, going to tell me. Oh, really? Yeah, everyone's gonna everyone's gonna reference it, but all I can say is, you know, you know, I was worried about it, and they've given me a reason not to worry. Um, so, I, 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 do you expect Stetson to play? I expect Stetson to start. Uh, I think yeah. I expect both to play. Truthfully, um, I, I, I think, think I, I think they're gonna it. score. Tw- I think they're gonna break twenty on us, though. I think that it may be late garbage time. I think that there's gonna be a lot of pride on a couple of those offensive players late in that game, especially if, if the game's out of hand and Richardson is, you know, he's going to want some snaps, so I think, and that Georgia may have some, some uh, you know, some guys in there that, that are getting a chance to play that he can maybe move the ball on. So I expect uh, still a cover, but maybe some points that'll punch it over, you know, 27, uh, you know, 21, 23, 24, something like that. And Georgia I might, might get 50, dude. I think it might get 50. Damn. I think they might too, but I, I didn't want to sound like a huge homer, but I mean, I, I think if it was starters versus starters all day, um, that you know this Georgia team could probably hold Florida, you know, in that kind of fourteen, in that ten to fourteen range. But I, I like where your head's at. I think that's good sound logic. Um, I, I, I think I don't think the Florida offense is going to quit. But as we have a sp- saying in my camera department, at the end of a long week, real tired, and it's cold, and it's wet. Got a lot of quit in him. <laughs> Might have a lot of quit in that defense, man. <laughs> so. Man. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be very fascinating just, uh, like, you know, the whole AR thing uh, with kind of his comments at the press conference after the LSU game. Um, 
kind of being like, well, I'm a Gator for right now. Like, I'm just interested to see how that that whole situation is managed because uh, maybe they sort of rally around Mullen and all that, but uh, I think it might go the other way too. Uh, we'll see, man. But I think this is going to be a bloodbath. I guess my question for you, because um, you know we both look at a lot of stats and analytics, but you're you're the, the expert in my mind. Uh, why do you think the spread is only fourteen? I don't. I don't. I mean, I think. I think name. I you know I'm, I'm gonna be the first to say that that Vegas doesn't set lines on public perception. Um, the idea that they're just trying to get a 50-50, you know, uh, bet, betting action is not, I don't think that is actually accurate to people that I listen to and read about professionally. Um, so I, I think that they have some sort of stats and metrics that thinks that the game will be, a, you know, two-touchdown game. Um, but I also do think that um, they, they're putting out, they, they hung a number to see which way it went. And early on, it was 70, 80% Georgia uh, covering that spread so yeah. um I, it'll be interesting to see but i I, I, I just yeah i don't i don't think i don't think they could i don't you know honestly i mean i just told you they'd win by a whole bunch um I, you know i just think that's a bad number uh, i don't i don't quite I, that number didn't make a lot of sense to me other than if you put 17 18 20 20 and a half on on florida people probably might might actually uh someone might hit it hard and you know i just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, honestly. Maybe, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I think I think they're looking at that Alabama game, that prior from the Alabama game, maybe, and they're looking at how um, you know they were able to move the ball in Alabama, and they probably think that Alabama and Georgia are are, are close, but I don't think Alabama would give up. You know, whatever, maybe twenty, whatever it was. I don't think Alabama gives that up again if they played this week. It's not the same team. That yeah, team's 20, better and twenty-seven or whatever. Yeah, 27, 29, whatever it is. And I think Florida is, has not necessarily improved and Alabama has. And I think Georgia has no reason. I mean, I don't understand. I don't think Florida is, is ever close in this game. So, Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, oftentimes you see these rivalry games on neutral. Like, you know, Texas and Oklahoma game, that spread is never more than 14 in any given year, you know. Or, you know, it's usually 10 or 11, even if there's a team that, is far superior to the other. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there may be some of that kind of logic there. Um, and but, and maybe they're, they're maybe looking at that Kentucky game, you know, where, you know, the time of possession and Georgia only put up, you know, 30 points or something like that. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, I think but they did it in 40 something plays. I mean, yeah, that was exactly. their best, that, that was their best yards per play performance of the year yeah. on offense, you know. Yeah, so I mean, they're maybe looking at that number. Uh, you know, I, you know, maybe they're looking at you know the priors from last year where the offense sort of declined until JT came in there. Maybe they're they don't know who's going to play quarterback. Uh, you know, I'd be interested to see if that number. I'm going to be very interested to see how much that number moves. Um, as, as, well, yeah, because I mean, like I I think Vegas is. If you look at the over under of this game, they've they've got a decent amount of respect, obviously for for Georgia's defense. Um, but you know, I, I mean, I think the the difference between me and Vegas is I think they think Georgia can can probably do about what they did against Kentucky and score in the, the high 20s to low 30s and, you know, make this a 30 to 14 kind of game or whatever. And it's like I think that Mocken is going to let his shit hang and just dunk all over Grantham because um, I think this it's is, just that much better. And this is our last uh, opponent <clears throat> that is, I think, honestly, a challenge until the SEC championship game, which I think means that – Kirby's going to have him sharp um, and ready to play. 
So what well, is it? What, what is the total on that? By the way, I don't even know. I think it's in the forties. Uh, oh wow. Yeah, I mean, one thing I'll say about Kirby is everyone always forgets that he was the dude that was on the field as a freshman playing safety when Spurrier ran the the double reverse pass to hang 50 on Georgia and Sanford stadium. Um, the dude hates Florida. And got, that brings us to I, the segment <laughs> where you talk about these. Yeah. Um, we are having fun. It, it kind of, I was hoping it would catch fire a little earlier in the season so I could make more of them, but there are more hats being made right now. I know that some people have purchased them to pick up from me at the tailgate details on that on Twitter. Uh, but they are on sale on dogstats.com. Um, and right now they will be, if you want, if you're at the game and you want to swing by, you can get one to wear at the game. If you want to buy one right now for me to ship ne early next week, you can do that. Um, and we are, uh, some, some of those proceeds that we're getting go to one, Mr. Christopher Smith, our, uh, dog mm -hmm. sports live ambassador. So if you want to get a hat and be a part of the name, image, and likeness for, um, for Christopher Smith, consider that as one way to do it. Um, it's been a lot of fun, and it's like I've always joked, it's it's a movement, and uh, I say that tongue in cheek, but a lot of people have grabbed onto it. Uh, Dogfather on TikTok made it made it happen this week, so it's been a lot of fun, and um, so we appreciate it. There it is. Stickers, hats are in the mail right now, flying all over the country. Uh, sent one to a new state uh, this week. What uh, state? Arizona. Arizona. Let's go four corners region, baby. We're yeah. Gonna, we got to cover Utah and uh, we'll, we'll have this thing locked down. Um, yeah. So the over under opened at 49 and a half. It's up to 51 at most books. So it seems like there's some folks that agree with us. Um, but do you have a score prediction? I'm sorry. What did you say? I, 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 I said 50, 21, 50, 23, okay. something like that. 52, 51. 21, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Cover big, big, lots of points, lots of points. All right. Well, when, when they hit 52, you got to make sure to, you know, I don't know, take your shirt off, spin it around in the air like a helicopter in the stadium or something. Make sure you get on TV with your hat. I'll, I, I'm going to do my best. I will be there <laughs> in section 203, I think. I'm not sure. But let's I, go. Let's go. All right. It's 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, we both got to get up and do it. I didn't mean like wrap up. Let's go. I mean like. I, I meant like I got to go. But <laughs> let, I but, yeah, let's go. Let's go. All right, uh, Graham, thank you for all that work. I mean, again, it's a team effort, and uh, you've been carrying the load a little bit lately uh, with no, thank you. my crazy crazy schedule. But um, we, like I said, the stats and some of this stuff is going to be in the Dog Sports article this week. Uh, please like our show, share us, uh, share us with your friends. Uh, we expect this episode possibly to push us over 1,000 subscribers, which is pretty damn cool. So thanks to you guys, um, and uh, this we appreciate it with that. FTMF, man. FTMF. Graham. Go dogs. Take, get, all right, buddy. Go dogs. Follow us and subscribe and all that good stuff. Go dogs. Yeah. Yeah. If you're if you're, if you're an hour 15 into this, they've already subscribed, I would say. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll we'll talk to you soon.